Hello and welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder. I'm Megan Silas. And I'm Pam Marvin. We're so happy you can join us as we discuss today, Megan. Forgiveness. Yes. And actually, uh, this is going to be a two-parter because this is obviously a pretty big topic. It's uh, something that's very important to us as Christians. And it's also something that can just be really, really difficult in our human relationships uh, when we've been wounded by things, it can be very hard to to get beyond those. And so um, I think I, it came to me to want to talk about this topic uh, because our last episode where we were talking about dealing with difficult relationships right. uh, over the holidays, this idea kind of came up um, as far as when you're looking at uh, the relationships that you have that are difficult and trying to come to a deeper understanding of why is it so difficult? Why does this person... And, and myself tend to have, you know, such an issue. And one of the issues that can be at play there is a lack of forgiveness, yes. um, something that's gone in the past and is still um, impacting the relationship in the present. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really felt like it was a good sort of follow up from that episode uh, to, right. to, make, to discuss those things. Yeah. From personal experience, a very wise uh, spiritual guide once told me that forgiveness is much like an onion. There are several layers to continually pull back, especially if you have a very deep wound, even though parts of it may heal, others may re- or surface as a kind of a, a offshoot of the original woundedness. And I, I, as a child of divorce, really have experienced that through the years. And so I'm really glad we're talking about it because it's something that, um, you know, it's like I say, well, I've totally forgiven this, right? Mm-hmm. But then when the woundedness kind of reappears, you know, I got to look it in the face and say, okay, what do I do now? Right. And I do think that you know, when we first started this show, um, you know, we brought forward this uh, quote that I particularly liked. And sadly, I can't remember who it's from, but so I can't quote who said it, but I, I can at least acknowledge that. I didn't generate it, <laughs> but um, the the quote was, it's through relationships that we are wounded and through relationships that will be healed. And so when it talks about forgiveness, um, it there is this promise of healing uh, that can come through forgiveness and it, the restoration of relationships that can occur when forgiveness takes place. But even if the relationship doesn't get restored... There is still healing that can take place within the individual who's been wounded. Exactly. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. Right. Um, that, and one of the things that I want to talk about, about really defining what are the characteristics of forgiveness? What is it and what isn't it? Mm. Because I think sometimes we get it in our head that... Um, to have forgiven someone has to look a certain way and has to, um, you know, certain criteria must be checked off. And some of those criteria are really unrealistic. Um, and we can talk about that uh, going forward. But before we do that, I think it's important to discuss, well, why should we forgive? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, sometimes, honestly, like, even if we would give sort of lip service to the idea. Yes. Forgiveness is good. We should do that. There are times like within our heart where we're just like, I don't want to forgive. Like I, it's not in my desire to forgive this person. And unless there's a compelling reason 
to push beyond that, uh, that stop that's within your heart somehow that says, no, I just don't want to, mm-hmm. like, we're not going to be able to get there. So when you think of the answer, why to forgive, what are some things that come to your mind, Pam? As you were talking, I was actually thinking of exactly. So I'm glad you asked me that question. Um, reasons to forgive for me really are a, a peacefulness interiorly because I feel like if I hang on to something, there's an angst and anxiety that's I carry around in my body if I'm not willing to forgive the person. So I would say unforgiveness steals my peace. That's mm-hmm. definitely one of the reasons. Yeah, for me, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is it is a Christian imperative. Mm. I mean, how we say every time we say the Our Father, the most perfect prayer that exists because it was given to us straight from the lips of our Savior. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. When we are asking the Lord for forgiveness for our own trespasses, our own sinfulness, that is contingent upon the degree to which we forgive others. And if you look in, it's it's all over the New Testament, yes. this idea, but I just want to Very throw Very important. Out, we really want to yeah. emphasize this, Megan, so much Absolutely. so. Absolutely. So I just want to throw out a couple verses just so that we can be reminded, this is not something that if we're truly going to have a Christian walk, that we can just say, I'm not going to do that. Because in Matthew chapter six, verse 14, Christ says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. If then, if you forgive, you can be forgiven. The corollary to that is if you do not, you will not be forgiven. So to have the humility to understand that we need forgiveness from God himself for our trespasses, for our sinfulness, we then need to acknowledge I'm not worthy. I cannot expect to receive that mercy from God unless I am willing to give that forgiveness and mercy to others. And in, in, in a similar way, in Colossians, St. Paul writes to uh, St. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So constantly keeping this memory in one's heart, I have been forgiven. Christ died so that I could have forgiveness of my sins. Who am I to say, no, I will not forgive when I have been so graciously and mercifully forgiven? You know, Megan, as you're saying all this, I'm reminded of one of your favorite quotes that we all may be one. Remember the, for the Christian Mm -hmm. unity? Absolutely. From John chapter 17. Yes. That's, that's along these same lines too, because unforgiveness is disunity in the body of Christ. Oh my goodness. How much do you see that (laughs) in life? Like that is what gets played out so much. Unforgiveness is the destroyer of families. Mm. Anytime you have a situation where somebody tells you we have a breakdown in our family as far as the relationships, like I, you know, my, my brothers don't talk or, you know, I'm estranged from my parents or any of that. Right. At its root, I would say 100% of the time, 
there is something that has been just festering of unforgiveness, usually in both parties. It's usually not just one person being unwilling to forgive, uh, forgive the other. It's there's a mutual spirit of unforgiveness yes. that never gets resolved, never gets really addressed, and it destroys families. And it's so sad. It breaks. It very much my is. Heart and Megan, I want to just sidebar a second to say that in the second um, episode that we're going to do on forgiveness, we're going to talk a little bit about you know how to work with uh, toxic family members that maybe that's you know in Christian charity, so you don't have to keep forgiving, which we do. But how to live right. um, in a unitive way with someone who is perhaps a toxic personality? So we'll right. talk about that in this next one. And I think that also is going to come to bear when we talk about what really what is true forgiveness and what is it not, mm-hmm. um, because uh, that I think one of the most um, sort of unhelpful phrases that is constantly employed as it relates to forgiveness is that we should forgive and forget. Oh yeah. Forgiveness and forgetting are not the same thing. No, they are not the same thing. Mm. And the Lord does not ask us to forget necessarily. He does ask us to forgive, but not forget. And when we um, remember ill treatment and we understand that if a person hasn't been healed of their own woundedness that led to the behavior that was hurtful and it may continue. It's prudent to remember and to behave in such a way that you are going to protect yourself from future injury. That's not a bad thing. That's not, it doesn't mean you're not being forgiving. It just means that you're being prudent. I think so. I think that's a Christian thing to do because sometimes if it is a toxic personality, if you continue to try and work it out from um, just your side, you can't change the other person. Right. And so some of the most charitable thing you can do is to kind of pull back and have some space between you and that relationship uh, so that there's not more things to fester. You know, um, another way to say it is that uh, proximity can breed contempt and you don't want that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, And I think one of the things that you bring up there, which is really important, is uh, forgiveness isn't about changing the other person. In the end, forgiveness is an act that happens within yourself. And it doesn't have to even involve the other person at all. Yes, right. In the case of maybe someone has passed away. Right. You know, you still have a lot of work to do to forgive that person that's gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when we think about the the areas that we have been wounded and that we may be harboring unforgiveness, oftentimes I think we're waiting for the other person to make amends. Yes. Apologize. Oh, they owe me an apology. Right, right. Even Mm -hmm. if they don't, like, make amends, at least to acknowledge some sense of, you know, yeah, I shouldn't have done that or, you know, I'm sorry that it hurt you or whatever, but that shouldn't necessarily be contingency, you know, like exactly if we're going to true forgiveness doesn't require that um, because in the end, I think to forgive comes more between you and God than it does between you and the person who injured you. And I really want to emphasize this right now, Megan, that when you go to forgive someone, it is not about changing their behavior. I, 
I just see so many times that people are just thinking, well, if they would only be ABC, Mm -hmm. then I could move past and things would be better. But folks, we need to look in ourselves and how we're responding. What is our perspective? How do we forgive that person? How do we look at them in charity and love and mercy? Because obviously this all stems from woundedness, right? Mm -hmm. So protect yourselves, but forgive them because they're coming from a place of woundedness. And remember, you can't change other people. You can merely change yourself. Right. And I think that's an important thing to really focus on in this first segment regarding forgiveness is it's easy to quickly jump to the other person's woundedness and how they're acting out of it. And I think sometimes people, they default towards um, often psychoanalyzing the other people, trying to figure out why they did it, you know, what, what were they thinking? And a lot of times there's actually like a, almost like a charitable motivation there like you get to this point where you're like well if I could just understand why like then maybe I could have some compassion or maybe I could move towards forgiveness because I understand the other person and whatever like but we jump so quickly to the other person when I really feel the first thing that we really need to do as it relates to forgiveness is understand ourselves yes why did this thing cause such a wound to me. Right, Megan. One of the things when I come in in the past, when I have had a contentious um, encounter with someone that there is some disunity going on, the one thing that I started doing a few years ago was kind of going into prayer and asking the Lord, Lord, where is my sin? What is my accountability in this situation? Because oftentimes, you know, we are the heroes of our own stories. Mm -hmm. So we must always ask the Lord, in sincerity and be ready for the answer as well. Lord, where is my sin in this situation? And he's such a good and gentle father. He will show you where you've erred or perhaps in sometimes that it's not you. It may be that other person, mm-hmm. but he can enlighten your mind on that maybe and inspire you with more mercy for the person that you've had the riff with. Yes, that is definitely true. I think there's also an element of not just where did I sin and often our own sin is involved for sure. Definitely. We need to have the humility to understand that. But sometimes we didn't sin. Sometimes something was just really done to us that we didn't invite by our own misbehavior or anything like that. But it impacted us profoundly and Sometimes the the self-knowledge comes from why was I so sensitive to that? Why was I susceptible to injury in that area? Because I don't know about you, Pam, but I've had the experience where the exact same behavior from two different people, from one person, rolls off my back. Didn't trigger you. Didn't trigger anything, didn't hurt me, whatever. Just like, shrug your shoulders, like, whatever, okay, fine. From a different person, it could be profoundly painful. Interesting. Really deeply impact me. Like the exact same thing. Wow. So then the question becomes why? Mm -hmm. Why when this person did it, it was no big deal. And when that person did it, it became painful. It was hurtful. And that's the understanding of yourself of, okay, clearly in that relationship, there was a different expectation There was a different need. 
that wasn't filled? Because I think a lot of times hurts come from those two things. This idea of an expectation that you have that may not even be verbalized to the other person and sometimes even isn't even completely understood within yourself. So, Megan, just for clarity's sake, are we talking about like immediate family members? Are we talking friends? You know, just kind of give it a perspective. I think it can be any of those, you know, like and often it'll be like, say, for example, you know, a friend that was more casual um, didn't respond to some invitation. And then you say, wouldn't mind. You'd be like, yeah, okay, you just like, whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. I'm sure they were just busy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But say it was somebody that was very dear to your heart, um, either a friend or a family member or whatever, and you got a non-responsive situation, um, you're experiencing that differently, right? You, yes. You, then you start... To, then you start all this wondering process. Like in the first situation, you just easily gave a pass. You're like, ah, oh, they're probably busy, whatever. But in this other situation with a person who was really dear to you, you then you start to wonder, well, do they not care about me the same way that right, I that care about them? That self-talk that we need to be so careful of right. is the self-talk. Yeah. Or you, you start to just question the whole relationship, question your own value as it's like, why was why was I not important enough to them to be responsive in the way that I'd hoped they'd be? And what does that mean about me? And th- that set feeling of rejection, I think, is a big right. problem that we often get wounded in the areas of feeling validated, not feeling validated or feeling rejected. Right. Whereas if you don't really care that much about, you know, how a person thinks about you or, you know, the a relationship doesn't have a big um, emotional connection in your life. Like you just don't tend to go down that path. I think yeah, it's I think it really warrants saying, you know, I've um, worked with the, the Bob shoots JP two healing Institute oh, with yeah. the woundedness. And I would say the two greatest um, winners, let's say of woundedness are rejection and abandonment. Right. Mm-hmm, and so oftentimes sure. if we have that hurt and that wound on us, those things get what I call poked, you know, someone mm-hmm. may be poking that rejection or that abandonment wound. Right. And it makes you respond in such a way that's really not clear because mm-hmm. of your own personal woundedness. So I just wanted to point that out to our listeners that those are the two biggies, rejection and abandonment. And I think that's a, one of the reasons why they can so often come into play in um, family relationships, spousal relationships, um, because our expectations are such that those relationships should be solid and secure, right? They should be these, you know, we've talked to before about attachment theory and how there's there's this idea of a safe harbor, um, a place, a relationship where you can feel very secure. And when those relationships that you have had um, an assumption that they are going to serve that role in your life, when it doesn't happen, when you are left feeling insecure, you're left feeling, you know, out in the cold, abandoned or rejected, it has a really deep impact. Um, so when we think about what we, people we need to forgive, it's really important to first ask ourselves, not focused on the other person so much, but why am I hurt 
so much. What didn't get fulfilled in that circumstance? What have I placed on that relationship as needs and expectations that I need to examine? So understand your own hurt before you shift gears and look at the other person for forgiveness because you're not really going to be able to forgive if you don't understand what you're forgiving Mm -hmm. or where you're coming from interiorly like where is that hurt and that injury really Mm -hmm. coming from what what part of your heart exactly because it's not going to be fruitful to say i forgive you for i mean let's use just like uh, something superficial because it's harder to get into something really, really deep. But say you say, I forgive you for um, not coming to this event where I was speaking, right? Like you, so you say, I just, okay, I forgive you for not showing up. If that's in your mind, all you're forgiving for the fact that the person wasn't at that particular event that you hoped they would come to, you're not really probably going to get at the depth of I felt like you left me alone at a time when I really needed support. Abandoned. Abandoned. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, forgiving somebody for that is way different than saying, I understand you had something you had to get to and you couldn't come to the thing that I was, where that I was presenting at. Right. Mm -hmm. You're still going to be vulnerable In the next case, and the next case, and the next case, if you don't deal with the reality of, I felt alone and abandoned, and I felt like you didn't care enough to be there for me. Right. And when you establish that in your heart, this idea that that person didn't care enough to be who I needed them to be for me, Mm -hmm. not only are you going to continue to have this wound of abandonment, you're also going to start developing distrust. Yes. I can't trust that person to be there for me. And that's going to continue on in the relationship. Yeah. And the other thing we've mentioned on previous shows too, is that it starts to make you realize that maybe my investment in this friendship is not the same as their investment in this friendship. Right. Which is like, I thought we were friends, but this is not real reciprocal. Yeah. In fact, I think uh, on the episode that I was talking about spiritual friendship, I quoted, there's a quote from Aristotle, I believe. And he said that um, the, this is obviously paraphrasing because he probably would have put it much more beautifully and succinctly than I'm about to do. But uh, basically says that the majority of problems within friendship come from one friend thinking that their friendship was something other than the other, the other person thought like, so not having a, you know, concurring view of the relationship, like one person take it more seriously than the other person. And while that can certainly happen, like that can be a reality. One person is more invested in a relationship than the other Sometimes it's not actually the case that maybe there is more congruity than you think there is, but the way you're perceiving the other person's investment may be erroneous. Yes. You know, like what that behavior meant to you was not at all what the other person meant by that behavior. And I think that's another, you know, thing that we run into a lot where we judge other people's behaviors by our own standards and 
if I did that, this is what it would mean. Right. Or like, I certainly would not have missed her speaking right. engagement, but yet she's missing mine. Right. Huh. That doesn't add up. Yeah, you know? exactly. Whereas the other person didn't, may not have compl- at all recognized the importance that that person was placing on your, their being present to it. And wouldn't have had a problem if if they didn't come to something that they were doing that was similar. So it didn't mean yes. at all the same thing. And so, so much of this, like I, like I was saying, if you're jumping to um, the psychoanalysis of the other person's behavior before you're really truly understanding what you were expecting, what you were needing out of the circumstance, you're generally going to run into trouble in this whole forgiveness. Right. Well, and again, this is all goes back to kind of managing your expectations. If we're not communicating well enough, what our expectations are, Mm -hmm. you can't really be too upset if you haven't communicated well absolutely yeah Yeah. like you know and i think honestly this is almost a joke that 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 they have in spousal relationships where you know often it's like the woman the way that the cliche is the woman has all these expectations that the husband should just know right (laughs) and and so if he doesn't fulfill them she's hurt not only by the lack of fulfillment but the lack of knowing that he should have done it right you should have just known i know right and they're not put together that way (laughs) right and so that's an area that maybe when we're thinking about okay if we really analyze these things in within our own hearts and with our understanding ourselves truly it's possible that we might even come to the place of understanding i actually don't need to forgive them because they didn't do anything wrong. Like I am holding them accountable for something as a wrong that was not actually a wrong at all. It was just something that I misinterpreted and perceived to be injurious when really there was no intention there by that person. They didn't do anything wrong and I have just perceived it wrong. Now, if you if you get to that place, that's in a way is freeing in itself, right? Because now you don't even have to go through the work of forgiveness. You just have to realize... Oh, there's nothing to forgive. And that's why it can be so valuable to do this work up front because, yeah, it can get you off the hook of forgiveness, but it can also prevent you from going into something where you're like that you would speak to the person and say, well, you know, I'm say you just went forward and said, I've decided to forgive you for this. And the person looks at you like, um, okay, but. But I didn't even intend to do that. And so you're forgiving me for something that's not even real. Yes. And then that could actually cause a problem. Like you've been harboring all this negativity towards me all this time and behaving towards me in ways that were ungracious because of something that I didn't even intend to do or like that wasn't even an injurious act, like then that can cause even more problems. Right. And and this really bears mentioning over and over again, the way that you monitor your own self-talk in a situation where you are injured, like how much are you like, well, I can't believe they did this mm-hmm. and start to, to attach kind of sin or thought or anything to them, you know, right. that just makes you get more inflamed and more inflamed and more inflamed Folks, that is just the divisive one. He's just mm-hmm. trying to sow discord. So you really must monitor um, your self-talk, like what's going on in your head, what are your preconceived 
thoughts about why the person behaved the way that they did. That's just so important because that causes so much strife and disunity. And that is not from God. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree completely. But I also want to say that while we've discussed that possibility that maybe there is, isn't even anything that needs to be forgiven because you've kind of all built it up within yourself. There are things that people do that are very wrong and sinful and are going to require work to forgive. So we're not dismissing that idea at all. If you have things that you're having struggles to forgive, we are not dismissing that and saying that they, that you're just, you've made it all up in your head. We as human beings are so fallen and we do stuff to each other all the time that is profoundly painful and wounding. And if those things exist within your life, you're going to have to come to the point of acknowledging that even though you've been really, really hurt and you, and even if you didn't even, even if after full examination of conscience, you really feel like I didn't do anything to deserve that. Like, okay. Say for example, a child who's abused, there is nothing that justifies that. There is nothing that a child does that says I've had some complicitness in abuse, be it physical, sexual, emotional, whatever. So, and as an adult, if you're coming at that and you're trying to get to a place of, but I need to forgive, it's going to be hard to knowing that I didn't do anything to bring that. And that's a place that a lot of times people have a hard time getting to of the forgiving themselves in the sense that they've built up in their minds um, some sense that they did deserve it, that they did do something that made it like justifiable or whatever, because they're trying to, you're trying to understand the circumstances. You're trying to explain it to your heart. Why, why could this person do this to me? It was so painful. It was so awful. I must have done something something wrong. Wrong. And sometimes the answer to that is no, no, you didn't. You didn't do anything wrong. And yet you still need to forgive. And that's a really difficult place to be in. But that is a a place where Christ really wants to come in. Right. Megan, what I'm really hearing in, in scripture time and time again we hear God saying, God heals the brokenhearted. And mm. these injuries break our heart. They do break our heart. So he wants to heal the brokenhearted. He wants us to live wholeheartedly. And you'll see it strewn throughout scripture all the time about him healing the brokenhearted for us living wholeheartedly. And it starts with forgiveness. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're trying to get to that place of um, coming to understand that you need to forgive. So there's a couple, you know, sort of steps you need to understand that you need to forgive is one thing. That's a very, that's a very much um, something in your mind. You know, you come to in a sort of intellectual way. I know that I need to forgive, right? The Bible tells me I need to forgive. Christ tells me I need to forgive, but making that step of, I need to forgive to I want to forgive is a step, right? Because going from needing to wanting is a little bit 
knowing that you need to versus wanting to, that goes from head to heart. Right. And that's a difficult thing. God grant me the desire. Exactly. Yeah, a beautiful prayer in that situation. God it grant is. me the desire to forgive this person. Because I've known time and time mm-hmm. again people who are like, I can't even go there yet. I'm so upset with this person. Right. So God grant me the desire to forgive this person. And that is a beautiful place to take it to prayer. And sometimes you can even say, Lord, even though right now I'm not feeling the desire to forgive, I know that you desire that I forgive. And so help, and I desire to please you. So sometimes putting that in there, like to be like, because I so long to please you and to do obey your commands, because that is my heart to want to love you well. Cause you say, if you love me, you will obey my commands and you have commanded me to be forgiving. You can maybe say, okay, while I can't right now, I, d- I don't feel the grace to forgive out of my desire for the good of the other. Right. And mm-hmm. even, even my own good maybe, but because I love you, I'm going to take that step towards this path of forgiveness as an expression of my love for you and trust that then more grace will come to get to the point of desiring it for myself and for ultimately for the other. Right. Because forgiveness is not only a beautiful gift that we give to ourselves, it's a gift that we give to the other. And no matter how much someone's injured us, we are still called to love in the sense of desiring the good of the other. And this is part of that, of truly desiring the good of another person means that you have to start what I think Pope Francis actually termed murdering them in your own heart. Ooh. And that's what forgi- unforgiveness is. It's yes. murdering them in your own heart. Um, so what are your thoughts on getting there in a spiritual sense? Well, I really see it as an act of selflessness, first of all. So think about unforgiveness is also part of your ego. It's your pride It is like a sin of like not detaching Mm -hmm. from your rightness or this is the way it must be. So you've got to overcome that part of yourself, get over yourself, so to speak, Mm -hmm. um, to let go that detachment too. you know, because the Lord really wants the unity. So if you find yourself with this disunity, You've probably got a little sin wrapped up if you're unwilling to forgive. And again, Megan, I think we can't say it enough. That doesn't mean the other person needs to apologize or even participate in this forgiveness action. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yeah. When you were talking about your the pride aspect and of being right, I think it, it, it brings to mind the idea of um, righteous anger. Now, righteous anger is not a sin. It is appropriate to be angry at sinful behavior mm-hmm. and to want that behavior to stop. That is good and holy. When it becomes unholy is when that anger shifts from being about the sinful action and it goes on to the person. And then now that the anger is focused on them as a person and not the behavior that is sinful. What a great distinction, Megan. I love it. Let's just break that down a little bit more. So, What Megan is saying here is you have to separate person and behavior. You know, love the sinner but hate the sin, right? right? That's exactly what we're talking about. And the beautiful thing about that that I think is not discussed enough, particularly in this culture, hating the sin 
is part of loving the sinner. Amen. So often we separate those things. We're like, okay, there's like this wall between that. I've got to love the sinner, but I hate the sin. And hating the sin is somehow not connected to the love. No, hating the sin is very, very much connected to the love. And it's just like Christ when he's like, Go and sin no more. It's justice, Megan. It really yeah. is just. I mean, the good Lord, we're going to have to answer for those things because he is a just and good God. And if we are not living in such a way, then we're going to be accountable for that as well. Right. In fact, that brings to mind one, when I was you know, looking at Bible verses as related to forgiveness, I saw you know, from Psalm 130, uh, it says, If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. And this idea that if we just keep marking iniquities, like if we keep that scorecard. Yeah, the tallies. The tallies of all the ways we've been wronged and and this, that, and the other. Like we are never, ever going to be able to love. No, it's like the pebbles in the pocket. It'll just weigh you down and burden you forever. Exactly. And so, you know, the Lord shows us the way he when we come to him with that true and contrite mm-hmm. heart, he, there is plenteous mercy. Right. You, you know? know, speaking of that, we can't end this episode or wrap it up without talking about confession, this oh, beautiful absolutely. sacrament yeah. that's there. So in my own personal experiences, doing just what we've talked about, I look at a situation where I'm injured by a person and I think, okay, Lord, where is my sin? Well, you know, he may have revealed one of the seven deadly. Say maybe it was just um, envy or Mm -hmm. something along those lines, taking that to confession and saying, Lord, I've been too envious. And, And because of this, it's caused that rift with that relationship. So really you see how you're kind of dissecting it. So here's the injury. Examine yourself. That's what we're talking about. Self-examination starts with me and looking at where I may have mm-hmm. sinned and then taking that into the confessional to receive God's mercy. Absolutely. And I, it can also be something that's an ongoing thing where it's not like I confess it once, you know, this is the root of my unforgiveness and, you know, it. It's often um, a pattern of behavior that when you've had such a thing uh, as an injury, like, the, you know, that's wounded you and you're angry about it and you're still hurt, what can often happen is you can get on these like jags where you just start allowing your mind to go down that negative Again, path. there's that, that rabbit hole. You know, and so I find it's really helpful that when I go to confession um, to really examine, have I allowed myself to entertain uncharitable thoughts? Like maybe you've behaved perfectly. You haven't shown the person your anger. You haven't shown the person your hurt, no way lashed out or anything like that. But you have allowed that process of, oh, I just can't stand the way they behave and what they did to me. And it's, it's so unjust. And, yeah. you know, I just, Oh, they're a bad person. And when you allow that to sort of percolate in your mind to take that to confession and say, Lord, you know, I, I did not hold the reins in on my thoughts and I allowed it to go down a sinful way Mm -hmm. of, you know, casting dispersions upon the person because of my hurt from their behavior. 
keep bringing that to the Lord as much as you need to, you know. It's such true. I mean, so many times I remember I had plenty to confess with what I actually said. Um, and then when I moved to what I thought, I was like, whoo, you know, that's why you could go to confession every week right. <laughs> between words and thoughts for sure. Absolutely. But God's mercy is, is there available to us in the confessional with forgiveness of others and forgiveness of ourselves a lot of times too, you know, as my self-exam would be in the seven deadlies, I think it's a really great place to start and take it to the confessional. Mm -hmm. Real healing. It is a sacrament of healing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. We want to be healed. Heal us, oh Lord. We do. And that's an important part. We need to want to be healed. Mm -hmm. That's an important part of participating in God's work in our lives is, to, is to desire it. Um, desire the healing that he wants to give us and trust that even though it may seem like impossible to let go of what it is that you're holding on to regarding your anger or unforgiveness, that if he says that it is good, it is good. It will be better Amen. if you are able to do that. So let's wrap up this episode by, you know, I think we really kind of focused on working on yourself and really examining where the pain comes from, what caused it, you know, is it completely um, the result of the behavior really of the other person or is it really something within yourself that needs work, you know, starting there and, and sort of the why to forgive, yes. which is, you know, that God commands it and, um, we are already have been forgiven. So, you know, it is something that we've been given that we then should go forth and give to others. And also, I think just to say that love can't flourish without it. Oh, and excellent. in the end, if, if it's about relationship, it's about trying to build relationships, maintain relationships that are healthy and holy, which mm -hmm. is what this show is about. And the body of Christ. Yes, absolutely. That it, it cannot happen without constantly being in a state of willingness to forgive. Yes. Uh, so next time I think what we can do is talk more about some practical aspects of uh, how it gets played out. And then also, um, you know, truly like you were saying, when there are relationships where there's ongoing hurtful behavior, how to manage that. Um, and sort of, we talked about the why and now in the next episode, we'll get deeper into the how of, of forgiveness. So, Love it. Hope this has been a blessing to you. Uh, we certainly enjoyed having the conversation between the two of us. If it has blessed you and it's uh, maybe something that you think that uh, some other people in your life would um, benefit from hearing, we ask you to please share it uh, and uh, let them get in on the conversation as well. So until next time, uh, we uh, hope that you have a blessed week and we hope you'll come back. So. I'm Megan. And I'm Pam Marvin. Until then, God, God bless. bless.